the Kingdom Minded Man podcast. It's a place where we come to explore what does it really mean to be a man of God. We love our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and this podcast is dedicated to bringing all the glory to Him and to raising up more men for the kingdom that are ready to lead their businesses, families, and communities. What's up, everyone? I am your host, Gerald Lemangeli. Welcome to another episode on the Kingdom Minded Man. I'm just super blessed and excited. We have a very special guest, a dear friend of mine, and also spiritual mentor of mine, Pastor Evan Wilson. He is leading a V1 church here with Pastor Mike Signorelli. Uh, he's a campus in New York City, uh, Amityville, Long Island. He's everywhere. He helps doing all the production, uh, the, the social media content, um, AV work, you name it, Pastor Evans involved in it if, it if it's creative. And wow, has the Lord blessed him. And he also has a dear piece of my heart. And we'll talk about it more in the podcast because Pastor Evan helped release me uh, in a deliverance from the spirit of death and suicide, which I didn't even know I had. I'm actually like a little nervous to talk about it, but I think it's going to be incredible. Before we jump into the show, let me at least tell you guys what we got going on here at the Kingdom Minded Man. Don't forget, to check out our cool swag, um, head over to the Made Clothing Co. You can get these cool shirts that we've built all to glorify the Lord. This is the King of Kings. It's all done one of one. Uh, our, our vision of the company was to infuse high-end streetwear, uh, street artists, and of course, the love of Jesus. We have the God for a snapback. There's also a lot of other cool things. There's a foam trucker. We have some sweatshirts coming out, you know, on the East Coast. It's getting close to December. We want to stay warm. But I'll drop the link in the description below so you can check it out and get some really cool swag and honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring in Pastor Evan Wilson. Hey, hey, what's up, Gerald? What's up, Pastor? How are you? I'm doing good, man. So glad to be on. Thanks for having me. It's a it's an absolute honor. Just did we, uh, you know, I never wear my hat backwards and then all of a sudden it's backwards. Hey man, you're you're in the spirit. You heard from the Holy Spirit like I did today. You are definitely the swaggiest pastor of all time. Oh I don't think there's a, I don't think there's anyone that's got more style than you. Wow, man. Well, I don't know if that's true, but I'm flattered and uh, I appreciate it. We even have matching wallets, remember? We do. Yeah, man. Weird so stuff cool. like that. We're in the vine. Weird stuff. So I was telling uh, the listeners just a little bit about, you know, who you are um, and like all the amazing work you're doing at V1. I probably, we don't even have enough time on the podcast to probably list out all the amazing things that I've seen you do in a short period of time. But if you don't mind, can you just give the listeners just a little bit of oversight of, you know, kind of like what you're doing right now in ministry and, and uh, what, what your bigger vision is going into the end of this year and then into the, to the new year? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, like you mentioned, I have the privilege of pastoring under my pastors, Pastor Mike and Julie Signorelli at V1 Church. And so uh, I've been with them for a while now, actually helped launch the church with them about seven years ago. Um, and so it's just been a lot of different steps of the journey from starting a church. And, you know, the thing about uh, serving in the kingdom is assignments change over time. And so you kind of teased at the idea of I've done a lot of different things, but really at the end of the day, you know, it's just seeking after the kingdom, like, hey, let's lead people to Jesus. And so right now, what we actually uh, just did, uh, which I'm so excited about, is we were able to um, put together and release the Domino Revival movie, which aired in theaters all across the country, over a thousand theaters. Wow. Um, people canceling suicides, people getting free from addiction, people getting saved. And we've actually seen that break into revival all across the country every night of the week, churches baptizing people around the clock. Um, and we actually just got it announced that uh, the Domino Revival is going to be playing again in theaters due to popular demand November 13th. So Come on. yeah, the past year has really just been putting that putting that movie together um, working with pastor mike and some amazing revivalists and movement makers across the country really just to tell god's story so uh, we're really just so excited to see what god continues to do with that project 
It's been incredible. I saw the movie, of course. I loved it. I went with my fiance Danielle and just, you know, that was like the second experience I had because um, you guys also were had your hands in come out in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think it's so interesting because, you know, my BC life <laughs> before yeah. Christ, you'd go to the movie theaters and you're like, don't really pay attention. But now that I've gone back, like even walking into that theater two nights ago, you know, you have the exorcist on the outside, you have come something like come down, kill me on this road. And like, yeah. everything is so scary. And then you got this gleam of light. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is this? And even the people in the movie theater were like, man, I wish I can go see that movie. Mm-hmm. And just to see the way Jesus is showing up and utilizing. But here's the cool part. The movie wasn't like, and not knocking any other you know, let's just say faith-based movies. Because mm-hmm. listen, when I got saved, I canceled Netflix. I got Pure Flix. If you're yeah, on, yeah. you know, if you're a Christian, you get Pure Flix. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just the quality. Yeah, you know, I think that what there's a hunger for now in in culture and in Christian media is just authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what was really cool about the Domino Revival is it's all real stories. You know, not to say that there isn't a place for drama uh right. you know dramatic stories and theatrical stories i mean the jesus revolution just came out based yeah. on a true story but you know that was a drama with actors and and all of that but i think people just want to see the raw power of god in p- real people's lives mm-hmm. and so i think it was just this convergence of um there's such a hunger for authenticity uh and then you know people just got to see the real deal yeah, it was incredible. And that's that's what I was picking up on is that the quality of the the movie and the production, it was cinematic. It wasn't like you would think how it would just be, oh, okay, it's going to be a faith-based movie. I don't want to go. But I lent and then left feeling, you know, just supercharged and excited. I mean, I just love seeing people uh, just experience God and you're in a movie theater, which is ironic, mm-hmm. right? Because V1, yeah. I wasn't there yet, but Danielle, you were. You guys started in a movie theater. How wild yeah. is that? Oh, it's so crazy. You know, God brings things so full circle. You know, when you're faith with little, he'll make you ruler over much. And yeah. so to see in the beginning, starting a church in a movie theater, uh, and now to see uh, us putting out a movie that's in a thousand movie theaters. And so <laughs> it's it's just been so great to see what God's done. That's so wild. And how did your journey start with, you know, the Lord? I don't know if you can go back, but, and I know you've known Pastor Mike for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. So it all started when I was born. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going back. <laughs> I was like, wow, lucky you. <laughs> but, um, I was born at a very young age. Um, but uh, no, really, I grew up in and around church, uh, like many people in America. Um, so I had a foundation, but I wouldn't say that I had a personal relationship with Jesus, believed in God, went to church, went to Sunday school, all those things. Um, But it wasn't until I was about 14 years old that my uh, friends actually invited me to a church summer camp. Uh, And so that's where I really had uh, an encounter with Jesus. Uh, I actually realized, okay, this isn't just something you do on Sundays. This is uh, this changes everything. This changes everything about who you are, how you interact with the world. Uh, and so that's when I would say I had my personal salvation moment where I came to a mature faith. Mm-hmm. And it was actually in that same encounter that I had with Jesus that I felt the call to ministry. Uh, and really? so those things actually happen at the same time. At 14 years old, I had no idea what it meant. I had no idea what all that would involve. But I, I felt the Lord say like, hey, you're going to be in full-time ministry. And so uh, I just I just started as much as I knew. I started serving in my local youth group. I started just doing whatever I could, you know, setting up the chairs before our Wednesday night services, staying late to help out uh, and just trying to be available. And it was actually through that season that I got connected with Pastor Mike at the church he was the executive pastor at. Um, and so that's that's when we met. And that was about 10, 11 years ago at this wow. point. And so from that point, you know, it's just uh, it's season after season, you know, giving God your yes. There have been ups and downs. There have been obstacles. But, you know, at the end of the day, God's looking for your yes. And then he'll sustain you through it. And so uh, most most of the time when people don't see the faithfulness of God, um, they don't see the the promise answered, right? It's because yeah. they just stop saying yes. And so God is just asking for your yes. You know, it's like Joseph received 
the dream, right? And Joseph, but then was thrown into the pit by his brothers. And it was like a 30 year journey to see the promise fulfilled, but he kept saying yes. And so, um, yeah, I think that what we're seeing now is just the result of, of a lot of people saying yes to Jesus. What were some of those hard times though? I mean, you were young, right? So you're 14 and I, and I know you could say times were different back then. I don't think so. I mean, kids, you had technology, you had some, I mean, is it hyper accelerated now for Gen Z? Of course, but you're young, you have this radical encounter with Christ. You give your life at a young, young age where kids are not really thinking like that. I mean, there are kids, but let's say the norm is not really going where you went. What were some of those difficult times, you know, stepping into being a kingdom minded man, being so young, like as you grew in your faith, what were some of the obstacles that stand out to you that were like, wow, that was a challenging season? Yeah, you know, I think for me, what was tough, um, even even being involved in like church and youth group and all those things to be a true follower of Jesus at a young age, you know, as a teenager, when things are, you know, everybody's growing up, they're figuring out how to walk this thing out. What I actually encountered was while I was trying to walk with Jesus, while I was trying to be a true believer, I, it was at the cost of a lot of friendships. Uh, because a lot of fr my friends, they were stepping into sin in different areas, you know, being teenagers, you know, like we see. Um, but what that meant for me was not getting invited to things that I used to get invited to being talked about, uh, people not understanding me, you know, oh, Evan's the Boy Scout now. He's the goody <laughs> two shoes, you know, but I'm just trying to walk out like, hey, man, like I, yeah. I want to actually follow Jesus for real. And of course, I had my struggles. I was stumbling. I was trying to fumble my way through this thing. But, you know, I think that for a lot of young people, but even, uh, you know, older people, like grown adult men and women, you know, Jesus, when you truly follow Jesus, it, it costs you something. It might cost you relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be a difficult thing. That can be an isolating thing. It can cause you to want to compromise. You know, that was something that I struggled with. It's like, man, this, this whole thing would be so much easier if I would just compromise a little bit in this one area to be accepted. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll misappropriate that, 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 part of scripture where it's like Jesus was the friend of sinners, right? He sat with sinners. It's like, yeah, but he didn't sin with sinners. <laughs> like, right. and so for a lot of us, you know, we'll try to, um, we'll try to uh, go back to Egypt, right? Like God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, but many of them, when they were wandering in the wilderness, they're like, man, you know, Egypt wasn't that bad. Like, at least we knew we had meals to eat. Like, let's go back to slavery in Egypt. <sighs> Like that was a real thing that they that they were talking about. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, to anyone listening who's maybe new to their walk with Christ, who's recently gotten saved and you're still kind of have one foot in each world, um, don't compromise. Don't allow uh, don't allow people to um, pull you back into Egypt because, you know, on the yeah. other side is the promised land. And uh, what God has for you ahead is so much better. He has new relationships lined up for yeah. you. Um, and I just can't imagine if I would have let the enemy pull me back uh, into mm. old ways of doing things because what was ahead was so much better. I love that. I love that you said, you know, pulling the Israelites out of Egypt. I, and because the question that was in my mind, which is interesting, is I was saying, how do you know? And I, when I first got saved, and, and listen, I only got saved December of 2021. So my, my anniversary is coming up, which is kind of oh. cool. Um, and it's going to be two years, but you know, I didn't have V1 when I first got saved. I had Austin Ridge and I think biblically very sound place to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, then you walk into V1 and you're like, oh, wow, there's a whole nother layer to moving in the, in the spirit, right? Not knocking them in any way, just a different, a different way to navigate your faith. Um, so I think foundationally I got some good tools. Um, but I would ask the pastor, like, how do you know you're hearing from, G from God? Mm -hmm. Is it my own thought or is it, is it him? And, uh, as I was thinking that in my head, right, I'm thinking like, I wonder how Evan knew 
God spoke to him and said, go be a pastor. Wow. Right. And yeah. then, then you say exit, you say, uh, the Israelites coming out of the thing and I'm reading Exodus right now. Oh, wow. And oh. it's like, God's like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like I'm going to show you, but maybe, and, and I think it's interesting because maybe he doesn't audibly, like, I don't think I've audibly ever heard the voice of God, but he, he's definitely spoken to me, which I think is so supernaturally cool. Yeah. And that was like, my question for you is like, when you said, I, I heard from God, what was that? How did that experience happen for Evan? Wow. Such a good question. I love talking about this, you know, <laughs> yeah, let's go. It, yeah. In, in scripture, you know, you see different, different instances of how God spoke to people and how yeah. they heard from him. Right. Like Moses, he had the burning bush. Right. And so oh, like, so good. you're the audible voice of God. I, I don't think I've ever heard an audible voice like like I'm hearing from you right now. Yeah. For me, and some people do. Some people hear the audible voice of God um, at certain instances. Some people uh, will receive dreams like while they're sleeping, mm -hmm. like prophetic dreams, where God will speak to them through dreams. Um, I've I've heard from God in those ways before, but for me, I can speak from my experience. Um, number one, and this is for anybody who's like, Hey, I want to hear from God. It's so important to have uh, a firm understanding and knowledge of scripture because mm -hmm. that's your filter. God will never tell you something personally that contradicts scripture or his character that we can observe in scripture. Wow. So for example, Gerald, like your fiance, Danielle, right? If, if I told you like, Hey, she said, you know, X, Y, and Z, you would have one of two responses. You'd be like, hey, no, that doesn't sound like her at all. She would never say that. And you would reject it. Or you would say, oh yeah, I know Danielle. Like she would totally say that. Wow. But it's the same thing with God, right? It's like so, so many people who struggle, like, is it God or is it not? It's like, I encourage them dive deep into scripture because that's how you get to know the voice of God. So then when you do feel like you hear from him, you can be like, oh, yeah, that totally sounds like God because I've wow. read it in Ephesians. You know, like there's all these different things. Or you can be like, no, no, that contradicts, you know, this scripture in Exodus, right? Like you're reading in Exodus. Yeah. So that can be your filter. So that would be number one, just across the board, you know, learn learn the shepherd's voice through scripture. Um, but then for me, um, with that filter in mind, uh, when I hear from God, it, it usually is just an impression on my heart. It it's, it's through my intellect, right? Like God mm. will, will speak through you. Like he'll speak through a prophet through their physical voice and he'll speak to you through your physical mind to where it's like, it's, it's your, the voice in your head. It's your thoughts, but it will generally for me, <laughs> It's something completely out of left field. It doesn't align with my flesh. It doesn't align with my natural desires. It doesn't align with I, an idea that I would have had in the natural. For example, when I was 18, 17, 18 years old, I was in my room uh, in, in Northwest Indiana, and I hear a thought randomly pop into my head. Um, I want you to move to New York. Wow. And that was not on my radar at all. Like that was nowhere in the plan. That was not even a desire that I had. I had a good life. I was with my family. I had friendships. I was working at a church, but I hear these are your last days at home. I want you to move to New York. And so that to me was like, okay, that's not me. <laughs> and mm. so I immediately called up Pastor Mike Signorelli, who was, yeah. uh, who was my executive pastor at the time. I was an intern. He was an executive pastor. So I'm cool. like, Hey, I need to bring something to you. So, and that brings me to my next point in hearing from God. Scripture says that there is safety in a multitude of counselors. So mm. if you think that you heard from God, bring it to spiritual authority and oversight because they will be able to check you as well. Right. It's mm. like, I, I, I'll put it this way. There are a lot of world religions that have been started off of a private encounter with God, That's with right. nobody else around. And it's just like, hey, take my word for it, right? Like we got Mormons, we got Islam, like, like Muhammad. We got Jim you know, Jones. For <laughs> real, man. It's like, okay, yeah, you had an encounter with God and we're also just supposed to believe you, right? And right. what I love about how, how Jesus works through the Holy Spirit 
is that when Jesus was resurrected, he actually showed up to crowds of people. There were so many people that saw him resurrected. Like it's not mm. a private thing. It's a deeply personal thing mm. when God speaks to you, but it's not always private. So immediately I went to my spiritual covering, like, Hey, this is what I'm, I think I'm hearing from God. What do you think? And he was able to weigh in and give wisdom, tell me like, Hey, pray about this fast about this i'm gonna seek the lord as well and uh let's take small steps of obedience and see if god opens doors and wow. so yeah that was kind of that was kind of my journey in hearing from god in some crucial junctures so i hope that helps somebody dude there was so much there my brain was like trying to take take like little notes of like everything you were saying I love that uh, when you said that you got, you know, it's important to have good spiritual counsel and, and oversight. I'm learning that. And V1 does a very good job of putting people in your, in your path to help you, you being one of them. I love that. You're always looking at my social. I haven't had any reach outs recently, so I think I'm doing good. You're doing good, man. Yeah. Impression. I think about it before I post it. I actually really take a lot of time and, and I ask the Lord and I'm like, Hey, am I missing anything? Like maybe I don't see it. Show me. Um, and that's been really helpful too. I love when you talked about, and it made me think about my journey to come to V1 to even be able to be on this podcast with you is, um, you know, I was living in Austin, Texas and I was engaged and um, I knew it wasn't going to work. And I was really trying to Gerald it. That's what I like to call when I'm trying to do it without God. I do the Gerald thing where I'm like, no, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. God, you made me so much willpower, man. I'll make this work. Right. And uh, he's he was showing me the whole time. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. But I was so new in, as a new baby Christian that and what did I know? I didn't know much, you know, but I, I knew I had a thirst for the Lord. And um, it was towards the end of that year. And I literally like again, you say I heard the, the voice of the Lord. It, and when you said it was um, it was like an experience you had or like an emotional experience. And all I heard him say was go. Mm. And it was like one of the first times that I truly obeyed immediately. And I was with my dog. And it's interesting because I had just moved everything out of my apartment and put everything that I needed in my car and everything I didn't need in storage. Wow. Even down to a, I had my dog bed, my the bed for my dog in the back of my car. So you were ready. He was ready. And he was yeah. like, go. Because wow. we, her and I had gotten to a tiff and it was so mild and the Lord said, go. Mm -hmm. And I just was overwhelmed. I got in my car and people hearing this, I'm like, this guy sounds like a jerk. You just left your fiance at a park. I did. I got in a car and I drove four days across the country, but I never heard from her until the fifth day. And we both agreed it wasn't right. She went on her way, went to Europe. I stayed here and my whole life opened up in a beautiful expression. He knew everything. And the thing that was so cool was my dog uh, was a rescue. And anytime he got in the car, he'd go crazy. Like did not like the car. He got in the car and it was like the Holy Spirit went sleep. He slept 12 hours a, a trip the whole time for four days. That's wild, man. And I'm like, come on. If you don't, who else is doing that besides Jesus? Like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. He didn't have like a CBD pill or anything. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cruised right across the country. And now that I even think about it too, I was trying to ship my car mm. for, for weeks. And every time I booked an appointment, every time, Pastor, every time the guy would call me or, or whoever it was, the, the service provider would go, we're so sorry. We don't know what happened, but the, the truck can't make it the truck can't make it. And I'm getting frustrated. Worldly Gerald, yeah. come on, you're <laughs> telling me, Jesus, you want me to, to, to get this thing home. What's the problem? You know, me being, yeah. me. and I go, he's so cool. Mm -hmm. He's so cool. How he lines up. He's like, no, you're going to need that car. You don't yeah. know why, but you're going to need it. And you know, if I didn't listen, like you didn't listen, mm -hmm. right? Like if you didn't listen to that and you were like, nah, that could be just me my thoughts, you know, V one's different place. Yeah, no, it's so true, man. And and one thing that stuck out to me about your story that you just told, you know, like, hey, I got in the car and I went, right? Like, I, I didn't wait, I didn't delay. Like, some people might think that's crazy. Like, you are like, to he's, he's a weird dude. <laughs> but it's like when when God tells you to do something, 
Mm. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Oh, wow. That's good. Say that again, Pastor. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. And so a lot of the time we're like, we'll intellectualize why we can't be obedient to the Lord right away. But like we're stalling, like we're Mm. trying to, we're trying to temper back like the intensity of what God's calling us to do. Uh, And we love to do that in our flesh. Right. But, you know, speaking of Joseph, you know, if your listeners are familiar with that story, you know, he's, uh, you know, thrown into the pit, sold into slavery, but then he starts to get promoted. uh, And then uh, he's actually in the Pharaoh's court. Right. right. And then uh, his boss's wife, Potiphar's wife, tries to seduce him. Right. And, and like, she's coming on to him and, you know, you know that she's attractive because she's like the Pharaoh's wife. So like right. there was temptation there, but what did, what did Joseph do? He ran out of that room. Like he sprinted out. I wow. have to get out of here. He didn't delay. It's so it's like when, when you're faced with temptation, when God calls you to do something, you get up and you go, you don't delay. Um, and then whatever, whatever the consequences are, it's like, I would rather face the consequences of being obedient to the Lord rather than being disobedient. Absolutely. It's like, let the other stuff work itself out. I serve one master and his name is Jesus. And That's I care right. more Amen. about being obedient to him than, uh, than being, you know, uh, being, um, you know, caring too much about what other people think. Wow. I think about, that's incredible. You always have some really good stuff. I love just chatting with you. I remember, uh, you know, it was, what was it? Good Friday. So that was like, what, mid, mid May or something, April, May or something. March. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I remember we had a good Friday service at the church and, uh, I didn't want to go. And I, and you know, I always wondered why. And it's like, well, the devil, he's the craftiest creature in the garden. Of course he knew like he didn't want me to go. Right. And my, my friend, um, Tyler calls me out of nowhere, you know, Tyler. And he's like, yo, man, can you pick me up? I'm like, Tyler, you live in Baldwin. I live in Amityville. He's like, come on, man. I don't have my car. And again, I felt the presence of the Lord. He said, pick him up. And I was like, I'll pick you up. And then I knew though, if I picked him up, what am I going to do? Like a soccer mom, drop him off at church. Say, Hey, when you're done, son, pick me up. I'll drive you home. Like I knew I was going. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go. And I went there and I, and I had my feet stuck in the ground for a little bit, like kind of like being a little like pity party. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why am I, uh, why am I here? I don't want to be here. You know, I was dealing with a lot of changes in my life and I just felt overwhelmed. And I remember we were having pastor Mike was there, um, and we were doing a, a deliverance service mm-hmm. and, um, we were also taking, uh, um, confirmation right or sacrament communion Communion, sorry that was my uh saint rose of lima catholic boy just popped out for a second (laughs) that's awesome i love it man (laughs) okay and uh i'm i'm holding i'm holding the cup and i'm sitting next to pastor patrick Mm -hmm. and pastor natalie tells me this story post she's like who's this kid sitting next to us like why is Mm -hmm. he here who is it pastor patrick's like no it's okay he's he's okay Mm -hmm. and i'm sitting there and at before i'm gonna uh, drink the wine or the blood Mm-hmm. Um, pastor Patrick puts his hand out and he goes, Hey, Holy spirit said, before you drink that, you need to make a decision that you're all in. Wow. That's what I said. I was like, wow, man. Cause I knew, I knew what he was asking and it mm-hmm. wasn't pastor Patrick. I knew what, what the Lord was asking me. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, Hey, you, you, you believe me. You, you, you say, you know me, but you're not all in on me yet. There's still parts of you that I'm seeing that are just like need to, we got to go full relationship. And I actually contemplated it for a bit. My, my fleshly worldly self was like, Hmm, this guy's it. This guy's basically saying, let's get married. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, like, that's how I felt. Like he was like, you were counting the cost. I was like, man, you know, he's gonna, Ooh, when I said that I got tingly, like he's like, "Mm -hmm." and uh, I said, you know what? my life has really not been so, um, you know, I've had a lot of worldly excitement, but it never had the depth that I wanted. Mm. Right. And I knew he was going to give me that purpose, true meaning. Like, why am I even, who is Gerald? Like this character that I've created. Right. And I said, you know what? I'm going with you. 
I'm doing it your way. And I remember I, I, uh, I drank the blood and, um, pastor Mike said, all right, everyone to the front. If you, if you want to feel, you know, freedom, you know, come up here, people are getting freed. And I remember it felt like my old nightlife self came up. Like I was at the velvet rope and pastor Mike was behind the velvet rope and you know, you want to get in the club and he's serving so many people and I'm just staring at him patiently waiting. Like maybe he'll pick me. Mm. And, uh, I could feel my ego like coming up, right? Like, oh, well, if he doesn't pick me, then, you know, I'm not chosen. Right. And I could feel the Lord say, you know, I picked you. Yeah. And, uh, he said to me again, he said to me, I'm telling you, he like gave me a command. He said, you, <laughs> I say this with a playful voice, pastor Mike, yeah. if you're listening, he said, you don't need no celebrity pastor to, to heal you mm. turn around yeah. whoever you see is going to heal you. Mm. And I literally like turn around like this and for, I see it's you. Mm. He goes, go to him. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I went up to you and, you know, sometimes I think what I heard and what really happened. So you can correct me if that, but I feel like, you know, you just looked at me and you said, yeah, like I, you said, you need healing. I know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, man, like, wow, we've never even talked. Yeah. Like I saw you a hundred times. I'm like, that guy seems really cool, man. I'm like, that's like a really cool, like, what does he do? And I would call Kayla and I'm like, yo, who's the awesome dude that you're always like, he's like, oh, that's pastor Evan. He's the man. I'm like, all right. I looked you up on Instagram. I'm like, this guy's cool. He's got like follow a lot of followers. He's young. He's swaggy. Like, this is like, I want to chat with this guy. And then, um, you know, that's when the fun started because, uh, you know, you were praying over me and, um, as that was happening, um, you know, the Lord was saying to me, you, you need to let go. And one of my biggest fears were whenever I like went to Bethel and Austin or anything, and I watched people, you know, having an experience, um, whether they were shaking or screaming or yelling or being delivered, I always was like, Whoa, hope that's not me. Mm. You know? So I had this kind of judgment that I would look broken. Yeah. And, um, the Lord knew that. And he was like, you got to let go. And I was like, Oh, here there's like 500 people here man yeah it's got to this church like i'm gonna be the weird guy and uh that's what was going through my mind and then you said right at that moment you have the spirit of death and suicide and it actually i had like a you know when you get the warm feeling of anxiety yeah i was like me mm. like i never thought about jumping out a window or anything <laughs> but the lord said no you got it wrong the spirit you have is killing you spiritually mm. yeah and I remember him saying, let it out. And then you said, it's deep in your belly, deep, and it's got to come up. And I was like, this is freaky, man. Everything God say, he's saying out of his mouth. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I remember just, that's it. I let, I let go. I surrendered. And um, I feel in that moment, without a doubt, I was delivered from those torturous ways that I was living, right? It was really like hard because I was a joyous person, but you know, they would attack me in the silence. Mm. You know, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You'll never be anybody. You know, you're a wicked man. God knows that God will never love you. He'll never let you in. You've done, these were like replays. Yeah. And I remember when that came out, you know, I laid on the church floor. I, I finally experienced being slain in the spirit. I don't know if that's a real word. Yeah. Yeah. I was laying on the floor and I was like knocked out, mm. knocked out. And you said to me, you're going to have really good dreams. And I was like, wow, okay. And I remember when I lifted my head up, the first person I saw is now my future wife. Wow. And the Lord said, go tell that woman she's brave. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? I just got relief. Now you want me to go be the weird dude to go up to a random person and tell them that, bro. He's like, go. I'm like, oh my wow. God. And I told her she was brave. The next day she called me and said that really helped me because I'm going through a broken engagement and it was really hard for me to be at that church because mm. my ex still goes there. Mm. And we started talking and that's all she wrote. Wow, and man. I just think about that moment with you, like what a catalyst you were um, to helping move what the Lord had. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to hear what you like when you hear that story from from a lens that maybe you're not heard. Mm -hmm. um, 
to be used like that by the Lord, what, what is, what is that like for you? Wow, man. Well, I love that story. And I know we've talked, you know, about that before, but to hear you go into more depth, you know, it's just so obvious to see, uh, how the Lord works on such deeper levels than we even realize. And each time you rehash it, you see just, um, the goodness of God. And so I do want to talk about, um, one thing that you said, which, uh, is so important, you know, the moment that you had before taking communion where you were faced with that decision, am I going to go all in? Like you were counting the cost, right? Yeah. Like the Bible says that nobody builds a house before first counting the cost. <clears throat> and I think wow. there's so many Christians that sign up to be Christians, sign up to go to church, but they never count the cost. And so then when they're faced with, um, when they're faced with, to bring it full circle, like, Hey, I'm going to have to give up relationships. Hey, I'm going to not be invited to things. I'm going to not be able to do certain things I used to do. Right. If you don't count the cost beforehand, when you're faced with those things, that's when compromise creeps in. And mm. so what you did is so important. And that's what it is to actually be a Christian is to say like, okay, I'm not just going to raise my hand and say a 30 second prayer to feel better. No, right. like this is going to cost me everything. Like to be a Christian is to die to yourself. It's to say like, you die with Jesus and then you're resurrected with Jesus. And so many people want the resurrection without the death. It's like, wow. oh, Jesus, resurrect me. Give me all this purpose. Give me all of this joy and happiness and, and, and peace. But you're not willing to kill your flesh. You're not mm. willing to die to the things of the world. And Jesus is saying like, hey, Gerald, like I want to resurrect you, but like you have to die first. Wow. And so it's, it's not a mystery to me at all as to why you received freedom after that moment of yeah. hey, I'm actually going to go all in. Cause I don't think that freedom would have come to you if that first moment hadn't happened. Wow. And so for anybody listening, you know, being a Christian, it's like, it's funny. Uh, I'll give a sound bite from the movie. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but maybe it's a spoiler, but it's one line. So that's, it's good. But, uh, <laughs> Jesse uh, green, uh, amazing woman of God, her and her husband, uh, Parker are awesome. Uh, but she said like, you know, if, if, if your life as a Christian is boring, it's probably cause you're not a real Christian. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that. That was, being, that was being great. A Christian is wild, man. And it, it's the biggest adventure of your life, but you know, it's, it, it costs you something, but the good news is that what God wants to give you on the other side of it is so much better than anything he's calling you to give up. And so man, I want to honor you, Gerald, because that's, that's a, a decision that a lot of people never come to like i'm gonna give give up all these things but that's the first thing i wanted to say second thing that i love about your story you know is you know i'm reminded of the woman in scripture who like works her way through the crowd and touches the hem of jesus garment oh, great and, and there's such a desperation that accompanies healing it's like deliver pastor mike says it all the time deliverance is for the desperate and until you get so desperate that you don't care what anybody thinks, you don't care if you have to right. work your way through a crowd and throw some elbows to get to get to the hem of Jesus garment, like it might not be for you. And so in your mind, it was like, oh, I need to go to Pastor Mike because in your mind, he's this, you know, you see him on the stage and all those yep. things, you know, that that was like, OK, you know, I'm going to kill that idol in my heart. <clears throat> you know, you, you, you feeling that. Um, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna seek the hem of Jesus garment. Wow. And so that's, you know, and then the thing is like Jesus, when the woman touches the hem of his garment, he says, who, like who withdrew power from me? Like, where is this woman? And it wow. like, it captured the heart of Jesus. And so <clears throat> for you, I think that you had that moment we were like, I'm not going to wait for Jesus to come to me and then be hurt and offended if he doesn't get to me. Like, I'm going to pursue him. And mm -hmm. for somebody listening, it's like, pursue Jesus. Like, he's pursuing you, but it's like sometimes, sometimes Jesus will, will let you come to him because mm -hmm. it's actually healing something in your heart. A lot of the time, you know, that whole, I'm going to sit back and let someone come to me 
can come from a root of rejection where you want so badly yeah. to be selected, to be valued, to be seen that it's like, man, if I, if I went to that person, then it wouldn't be authentic. Right? Like mm -hmm. I want them to want to seek me out and these things run deep, man. And then we apply that relationship with God where it's like, Oh, well, I just want God to come sit. God send someone to me to pray for me. But sometimes mm. when God is like, hey, no, you need to seek someone out. It's like oh, he's wow. healing you even in the process because it's healing that wound of rejection. And so I think for wow. you, God was just like lining up all these things <laughs> and knocking them down. He was lining those dominoes up. For real. Because by the time that you got to me, man, I felt like it was all set up on a tee. Like, okay, this dude's ready for freedom. Like, yep. let's pray him through. And, you know, the thing about you know, evil spirits, you know, not everything's a demon. We say that all the time mm -hmm. you know, we were praying for people to get physical healing. They were getting physically healed. People were accepting Christ. You know, sometimes it's like, Hey, you need counseling. You need biblical based counseling to pull down strongholds in your mind, ways of thinking that have been developed over decades. Like we honor all those things, but sometimes you need freedom from a demonic spirit. And, and so for you, I True. felt like, you know, God told me spirit of death and suicide. And the, the thing about demonic spirits is they don't play fair, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like in, in the military, you, you stay camouflaged. It's to your advantage to stay hidden until it's time to strike. And so the thing about, you know, even spirits of suicide and death and, and all premature death and all those things is they can even lay dormant waiting for an opportune time in somebody's life like okay like the conditions are right now i'm gonna strike and so i actually felt like okay you know and i was getting downloads from the lord like all in the moment wow like there's something that's laying dormant in gerald that's gonna wait for the right circumstance to then come in and speak those lies of suicide and so i believe that god can actually set you free from something that you didn't even think you needed freedom from Wow. And so sometimes people will get a prophetic word. People will get prayed over for something and they're like, oh, that's kind of bogus that they missed the mark. They didn't hear from God, but they don't even realize like that prophetic word that you just got was actually for 10 years from now. And mm -hmm. God's going to bring it back to your remembrance. And it's got like a long fuse. Right. And so, yeah, man, I, I think for you, it was all those moments leading up to it of obedience, of counting the cost of stepping out and saying, like putting a demand on the Holy Spirit, like, God, I need this, like meet me here. And then, yeah, we saw what happened. That just blew my mind when you said it was dormant and that it could have been used later down the line. And I think about it. What popped up in my mind is when I was, you know, going out partying and, you know, oh, I'm invincible. I remember in college, I think I had just finished college and we were out partying shout out top dog in cherry hill <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know partying and drinking and then someone was like here drink this you know ghb or whatever and i was like sure and boom took a shot next thing you know woke up woke up in a hospital bed wow and uh people in the ambulance you know well first of all i was chained to a hospital bed and i'm like why am okay. i chained and they said, well, you were trying to strangle everyone while you were unconscious because that's uh, what happens. It's like you get this super, super strength or whatever. And uh, they said to me, well, your heart was still moving, but you stopped breathing. Mm. And wow. I think about how many times the opposition tried to kill me. Yep. You know, like literally, like, let's take this guy out. And uh, how many times the Lord, even though I didn't know him, and I denied him my whole life up until December of 2021. He still saved me. Yeah. He still yeah. had a plan. And then to put me in front of you and, and preemptively save me from what could have been in the future is just, you know, it's like those things that, um, you know, for whoever's listening, you know, I think a lot of people, they need such like tangible evidence. You know, I think of like doubting Thomas, it's like, you know, well, if God doesn't do this, then, and I'm like, yeah, but maybe he's already done so much mm -hmm. and you just haven't acknowledged it. Yeah. You know, and I also find it interesting, you know, cause you know, my background coming from the new age, you know, new age people don't deny God. Mm -hmm. They just don't know Jesus. 
the way we know Jesus, right? They don't deny that there's a supernatural power. And um, I find it interesting. Some things I've been thinking about is like when people are sick, what do they say to you? Will you pray for me? Mm -hmm. But they're not, they're not believers. Or when someone's like, um, they, they have the most exciting thing happen to them. Someone gives them a new car. Mm -hmm. They say, oh my. <laughs> right. Right. God, yeah. Or even when they're doing their little fornication, they say, oh. Right. Right. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I think about these things like you, you shout out <clears throat> to the Lord. For when yep. you're having the most joy and you're mm -hmm. fulfilled, even though you're like you're sinning, right? Mm -hmm. Your experience in the moment is so heightened. You're not yelling out, oh, Shiva. Right. You're yeah. Like, oh, Bhakti. Like, you're not. And uh, I find it interesting just for people to maybe think about that is like, why do you? It says you'll call out to me. Mm -hmm. And here we are. We, we call out to the Lord and, and he shows up. Yeah. Well, you know, I think a lot of people there, they are searching, you know, oh. and they're searching in the wrong places. That's right. But I think what we're seeing, why what we're seeing is so powerful and why we're seeing revival break out is because for a long time, the American church um, kind of neutered the gospel. <laughs> it it kind of right. watered it down. Uh, not that there haven't been amazing churches throughout the history of, of America and, and everywhere, but I think culturally, you know, we we really got into this whole seeker sensitive, like, hey, let's, you know, like Pastor Mike was just preaching, you know, let's instead of taking the fish out of wa the water oh, and being one. fishers of men, it's like, let's try to make our churches more like the water that the fish are comfortable in. Mm -hmm. But it's like we're called to take them out of the world and bring them into the kingdom. That's right. You know, I think why what we're seeing is so powerful is because people have been searching. People do want supernatural power. That's why they go to the new age. And you and I have spoken at great yeah. length about this. Uh, it's why people, you know, seek out uh, fulfillment in sexual relationships, in in business, all these different things, right? They're searching, yeah. um, not realizing that all those things can be found through Christ. Absolutely. Um, and so I think what we're seeing now is people are realizing, wait a minute, I didn't know Christianity could be supernatural. I didn't know all this stuff was for real. I didn't. And, and people are having that light bulb moment of like, Oh, this is what I've been looking for. Um, and, you know, back to something you mentioned about, you know, like people say like, Oh, Hey, I'm sick. Would you pray for me? Mm -hmm. I, one of the things I love about the gifts of the spirit and the supernatural, when you read scripture, uh, the gifts of the spirit were actually mainly for evangelism. Like it wasn't like, okay, let's all be supernatural so we can have these super spiritual uh, esoteric experiences. It was like, hey, like you're going to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And that will be a proof of the power of Yeshua, Jesus, right? Wow. And so, you know, a word of knowledge, a prophetic word is not just so all of us in church can feel really cool and, you know, like cry on the floor. It's like, hey, you're going to preach the gospel to someone who doesn't believe on a street corner and God's going to give you knowledge about their life that you could not have any other way. And he's going to allow you to speak into something that is a proof of the God that you serve. And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, when it comes to the gifts and, you know, the supernatural and evangelism, it's like at the end of the day, like Jesus wants to save people. <laughs> and so that's what we're seeing. You know, it's the supernatural and event and evangelism that is, is birthing this revival. And so, uh, yeah, it's just so cool to see. It's amazing. I got to ask you the question we ask everyone on the podcast. So you're, you're a husband, mm -hmm. uh, a father, you have a baby boy. Yep. And, uh, what does it mean to you to be a kingdom minded man? Yeah, that's such a good question. Uh, I think to be a kingdom minded man is first and foremost, uh, if you want to be a covering to your family, then you have to be under the covering of God. Wow. If, if you're trying to lead your home, if you're trying to lead your wife and, and you, you I know that's offensive to some people in this day and age that, you know, the man Not me. leads the home. <laughs> um, but, you know, biblically, you know, uh, you see a template, you know, you see it outlined explicitly in scripture, um, you know, just like, uh, you know, the, the man uh, lays his life down for his woman, like Christ laid down his life for the church. Wives submit to your husbands as, you know, the, you know, the church submits to Christ. And so, 
um, you know, it's a metaphor for marriage. And so mm. I, a lot of men try to lead their homes with an iron fist. They try to lead out of position uh, rather than uh, realize like, hey, if you're going to lead your home, but you're not under the leadership of Christ, it's so out of order. Right. And so if you are trying to lead your wife, to lead your kids, like first be led by the spirit. Um, because if you come out of that order, things start to get messed up. It's like, man, why doesn't my wife listen to me? Why doesn't she respect me? Why don't my kids listen to me? Why don't they respect me? It's like, okay, hold up. Like when you're a leader, you take responsibility. It's like, don't point fingers, play the blame game. My wife doesn't get it. She's like, whatever. It's like, no, if you, okay, okay, big boy, big man. Like if, <laughs> if you want to be the leader, if you want to walk in that authority, it's like, you got to take the responsibility too. Right. So it's like everything in your home as a kingdom minded man of God. And I know this is speaking more to men who are married and maybe have kids, but this is also a down payment on any single men who want right. to be married. So log this away for the future. Um, you know, you've got to make sure like, okay, I'm, I'm actually leading this thing, right? I'm taking responsibility. Anything in my home that I don't like is, is my fault. It's due to my leadership. I'm going to bring it to the Lord and I'm going to set the culture of my home. Uh, like, what does it look like to pray over your wife every day? Like wash her in the word, like raise up your kids uh, in the things of God. Because if you find that your wife, your kids don't respect you, they don't listen to you. Um, if, if she's a woman of God, <laughs> like she's going to respect you so much more if you are submitted to the leading of the wow. Holy Spirit. That was so good and super helpful because I'm getting married. So I was like taking mental notes. Mm -hmm. Man, it's been unbelievable. I'm going to drop this in right now so everyone can see it. Let's see. Bam. So awesome. if you guys want to check out Pastor Evan, you can go to his Instagram. So it's Evan Wilson at New York City. I'm going to actually drop a description below so people can reach out to you. And if you are in New York City or you're visiting New York City, Long Island, you could come see pastor evan at either new york city or our amityville campus and uh is there anything else you want to say to everyone before we uh sign off man well uh honestly if you guys are if this is your first episode tuning into gerald's podcast subscribe share it light it up guys he's he's an awesome man of god and you know a son of the house here at v1 church and uh, you know, we just, we just love everything that you're doing, man. And, and we're cheering you on. We're leading people to Jesus. We're arm in arm. We're in the trenches together. Um, and so, yeah, I honor you, honor our pastor, pastor Mike, who's Absolutely. just continuing to raise us up. And, uh, I'm just so excited to see this revival continue to spread. I don't know when this is airing. Maybe, uh, maybe the domino revival will be on Amazon and streaming pumping it out quick then, so people can see it. <laughs> stream the movie man stream the movie see it on november 13 2023 if you're listening before then um, let's go and we'll see you guys there you're the best thanks so much man thank you